0: Hello and welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. John Rojas here. Yes, that is probably a surprise to most of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've got a guest that is in the industry that is near and dear to my heart. As most of you know, I am an educations program manager at General Assembly. and General Assembly is a tech education school that Teaches adults design, business, and code. So for full transparency, our guest today is actually an alumni of our New York City campus, but we'll get into that a little bit more in the interview. This week I'm speaking with Jerome Hardaway. Jerome is the executive director of 2 Code, which you can find more information about at Vetucode.io. As I previously mentioned, Jerome is a General Assembly alumni. But he's also an Air Force combat veteran, a panelist for Ruby Rogues, a Ruby-based podcast that is fantastic and you should definitely check out, and just an all-around good guy. If you want to find out more about Vets Who Code, please head over to vet2code.io You can donate there, or you can go straight to vetswhocode.io. Kindful.com and send them a donation to help Jerome and his team really get this off the ground and support the veterans that are looking to make a career change into web development. All right, before we dive into the interview with Jerome, I just wanted to remind you that with the holidays coming up and all the holiday shopping that you will probably be doing, one of the best ways that you can support Smart People Podcast is doing your holiday shopping through our Amazon link. And that link is smartpeoplepodcast.com/slash Amazon. Remember, it comes to no cost to you. We get a nice little kickback from Amazon, and it really does help support the show. All right. Now that we've got the housekeeping stuff out of the way, let's dive into our interview with Jerome Hardaway, the executive director of Vets Code. Jerome, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to speak with us here at, at Smart People Podcast. I'm super pumped to have you on. You have an amazing story. Can't wait for our listeners to hear about that. But first, I want you to be able to give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself. So in about two or three minutes, can you give me your story up until now?
1: Roger that. Uh My name is Jerome Hardaway. I was originally U.S. Air Force. After getting out of the Air Force, I transitioned into software development, and now I'm the executive director of Vets Who Code, a 501c3 that focuses on uh, giving uh, veterans tangible skills to transition into the new economy.
0: That's amazing. And we've got a pretty close link. So you are a General Assembly alumni, is that correct?
1: Yes, I am a General Assembly alumni and an OpFund alumni twenty fourteen there was some really crazy stuff going down and I was uh I created a campaign using the minimum code skills that I had that helped another veteran's family in need. And I had already applied to general assembly and they actually uh, told me that I wasn't qualified for the opportunity fund. But when I guess this whole thing went viral, uh they turned around and I was like, hey, he is qualified or <laughs> they wanted <like>, to well, <laughs> give me a chance. Uh to uh 'cause they were like, hey, this you know, we never had a kid go viral before who was able to use code skills. So they gave me a chance. They brought me up to New York and I was able to you know, show up and show out, uh, put my best foot forward and they uh, they loved it. And I enjoyed it too. And um, after that, I did, I was already in like a kind of web development position before that, but after that, I decided I was gonna try to see what the market was. And even though I, I got my first like job offer within six weeks of the program, I did jobs just to see how they were what, what and what were like the hiring managers. I just like ideology and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And while like for a full year while building vets who code and helping other veterans learn how to code and get jobs, I was doing like interview, I was doing like about an interview a week uh, for a full year just to see on um, building my program and our curriculum, not based on what the hiring managers want and what the teams want because, you know, Teams want something totally different than what higher managers want. Sure. Hiring managers, managers want. Hiring managers want something that totally different than what the CEO wants. CEO wants something totally different than what the team wants. So that you know that journey ended up getting us invited to the White House last year, and now you know it's gotten us invited to Silicon Valley twice this year, and we're just doing uh, more and more now to help more uh, to help our veterans. I'll learn how to code, we actually uh, started a Kickstarter yesterday in conjunction with the things that we have going on out here to focus on helping to build a platform that, you know, once we finish it, any veteran that can be verified through, like, id.me will be able to, you know, use our tools and our resources to learn how to code and also get, like, a lot of the things that we do, like, that we a lot of services that we offer because we're always trying to get, like, a dope, unique experience for our veterans like i told you uh about a month ago we had dhh come in and talk to the troops and that was just amazing yeah i, mean, I, I, just, I bet the first thing <laughs> i thought about was like damn i wish more people here because we always we pride ourselves on our level of intimacy but when we think about like how many people we can help and um think we're changing our curriculum or our nonprofit and the concept of more of a product as or you know a platform as, as opposed to just a Teacher-student relationship uh, exclusively. I just think about the skill, uh, the scalability, the scalability, and how many people whose lives we can impact. And you know, that's what um, nonprofits are about—is about you know impacting people's quality of life.
0: It's it's definitely an amazing cause. I want to thank you first and foremost for your service, but secondarily for helping and really trying to improve the lives of others who have served this country. So just bravo to you, sir, about that. And I want to dive into Vets who Code, but there's there's part of me that I, I still want to dig into this story a little bit because yeah. it's the timeline fascinates me. So Vets who Code, did the idea come prior to, to getting into general Assembly while you're in General Assembly or, or after general Assembly
1: Pr- way prior in actually uh, I was working as like in marketing which was in digital marketing which for a nonprofit which in reality I was actually doing all their code work for them when I was we were trying to figure out ways to you know solve the problem of funding that actually helped uh, veterans that actually help them um, operate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came through the idea of using gamification. I was like, well, why don't we build a? Well, wouldn't it be awesome if there was like a mobile app or something out there that had absolutely nothing to do with veterans but was attached to a nonprofit? And um, the revenue from that app helped that nonprofit make money uh, or like, you know, generate funding for them. And I was like, oh, yeah, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but because once, my biggest problem is being too advanced for where I was planted. And being really, being five years or being, not five years, but being on trend with what people are thinking, but being in a community that's like five years behind is like really, really tough. I'm, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and the problem with the military is you get a, what we like to say, a global mindset. Like, you <laughs> may be local, but you think global or at least I did. Not everybody comes out as lucky as me with uh, actually you know, having the opportunity to even when they're in the military be able to use their brain. I was in this community and no one really understood what I was saying about using technology to leverage to help veterans. And everybody was still in this old school mentality of focusing on helping veterans old-fashioned way. But I was like, we've been doing old-fashioned way since you know the 80s and it's not been really helpful. So let's focus on a way that can help veterans that you know. First, let's focus on being more proactive instead of reactive. We know all the data. We know all the things that you know happens that you know we have to focus on to get veterans, like that, where veterans will be in trouble. So let's first focus on that, and then from focusing on that, let's focus on everything else of in that concept of helping veterans uh, actually get skills. Because I'm a big You know, in every religion, what I learned was like the whole teach a person a skill concept, like that teach a man a fish concept was there. So I was like, there's something to that. Like if you give a person a skill that's on trend, they they can, you know, perhaps maybe eventually segue to another skill. Like I tell people all the time, I don't think coding is the only way to break into tech. But I think learning how to code is one of the easiest ways to break into tech uh, and then be able to segue into other things.
0: I 100% agree. And was that your mindset going into the program too where you had this idea and you wanted to execute on it and going into general assembly and learning how to code was a a piece for you as opposed to the end goal, right? Like were you were you hoping to come out as moving into development jobs or two Code was it and this was just one of those stepping stones and then the interviews and all of the information that you're collecting throughout the process was really the goal this entire time to, to help set up the success of vet2 Code.
1: No, I would be remiss and practically and technically just basically lying if I also say that. <laughs> uh, a lot of things of Vetsu Code is just, you know, coming from the number one military skill you have, which is being able to adapt and overcome i was able Mm. to adapt a lot when i saw i saw trends and i was able to adapt on them and one thing about learning how to code is you're able to move fast so
0: right right
1: like you take that military speed with that with the speed of the internet and the skill to be able to use both and you're able to really capitalize and doing some amazing things you know that's what we've been working on i mean that's what we did and uh, it just really, everything just really helped and everything just really clicked. It was just an amazing work for us to be able to go and just be able to do what we've been able to do and help more people, help people. Like so far we've helped 80, um, veterans in 14 States we have a court going on now wow. that, uh, we're going through interview phase with right now and they love it. We love it. They're happy. We were invited to dream Forest. We brought one of our veterans out here to San Francisco he absolutely had a blast. We um, while out here. Not only did we do the Dreamforce thing, we did a bunch of the uh, veteran, you know, we did a bunch of like tour company tours, a couple and company stuff. And it was just, you know, it was just amazing for the whole group right. and for us. And you know, he just between what we did and what we we're doing, and you know, his level of knowledge when uh, hiring managers sat with him. They asked us to come back out, and it was really cool. To have like Facebook see what we were doing, and you know, want us here, and they right. want to talk to us, and they want to build with us. Like that was, you know, shocked first and foremost. Like holy crap! They're asking me what what was I doing? I was like, if you guys are asking me out, I'm doing nothing. <laughs> uh, and uh, then they brought us out here, and you brought me out here, and I'm like, holy! You know, even today, it's still surreal. It's going to be surreal until it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm a, you know, I was security forces in the Air Force, and I'm a, like, you know, you know, your guests might not be able to tell, but I'm a black dude coming from, like, South Memphis and Tennessee. And to be able to go from that type of background to where I'm at today, you know, talking at Facebook yeah. is, you know, my brain has still not figured out, like, I haven't, it hasn't hit me yet, like, what the, yep. what and the heck I- is going on?
0: Let's really dive into Vet2Code. I, I want you to be able to talk to our listeners and let them know exactly what Vet2Code is. And then I guess after that, I'm really interested in hearing what your vision is for it, you know, in the next couple of years or however many years out. I don't want to put you on the spot for like a oh, 10-year plan or any of that kind of thing, but it would just be really cool to make that, you know, like comparison to where it is now and where, you know, you're starting to see things can move forward.
1: Well, where we are now is that we're still doing the platform that we, or the idea that we initially came up with, a unique experience, learning how to program with how the military trained you how to prep for a deployment and mixing those two together and adding in like, in like the best tactics based on what we've gathered from hiring managers, things of that nature into like teaching veterans that to Uh We have, we, we start with pre, after we do our interview phase uh, where we've, you know, select our students, which is basically three interviews. One interview is the initial. Then you have a month until the next interview, um, which is uh, the uh, technical stuff. It gives you enough time to do our pre-work because we want to give everybody a fair shot. And then we have the impact interview in which we try to figure out if our program is right for you on the concept of will it help you. Uh, Fact of the matter is when we we started out, we were like, we don't want to, you know, we just want to be a free resource just for veterans that, you know, they may – not need you know, if you have, like, uh, if you're making $90,000 a year and you just hate your job, we, you know, there's so much time that we would have to spend with you that could go to somebody that doesn't, you know, that's making $30,000 a year and they need to learn how, to, you know, they needed a new skill so they can, you know, provide for their family. So that's what we focused on. And it, you know, it it works. And, but the thing that is the problem is, for instance, our current cohort. We had 137 people apply. It's impossible when you're trying to do just one class of no more than like 13 people or a squad, as we say in the military, hmm. uh, to be able to help. So we were been thinking like, how do we scale to help more people, help more veterans? That was our biggest problem. Like, how do we how do we help more people? That's gonna you know that scares me. Like, I don't know how to help more people without making a non-sustainable infrastructure and that was when we came up with the platform idea mm. and how to build it out and we were looking at all the platforms and one of the things that we can't reason why we came up with the platform idea is because uh you know one of the i'm always that we've always done is that we look for the best platforms out there to or best tools out there to help our veterans we've spent thousands of dollars testing resources out so our veterans can um to see what's what's good, what sucks, right. and be, you know, recommend those to them because you know one of the things that I'd say I, I want to spend the money so other folks don't have to. And while looking for platforms or resources, I was going through all these cast or uh, like screen um, video cast websites, and a lot of them didn't pass the test. A lot, especially when it comes to Ruby, Ruby on Rails, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the Rails uh, casting. Companies or stuff out there is very egotistical. It uh, is more ego driven. Like this is only for a certain type of or a certain level of Rails person or Rubyist, and that is also their. Their people want to essentially pay because they want to show that they, oh, I have a Ruby this account because you know I'm that type of person. I have these cyber problems. Right. And one of the best casting companies or cast companies I saw out there was a company had absolutely nothing to do with ruby but it was just beautiful like the way he did it from he does it from a methodology of this like it's just perfect uh when it comes to how he does it and i was like that is i wish this person i wish we had a resource like this for rails and ruby and i wish we had a resource like this for veterans then we were like you know, we all know how to code. Why are we sitting here, you know, wishing for something that we can actually do? (laughs) And then like, so we started looking into the price point, like how to integrate all of our current tooling into an application and make it, you know, essentially for veterans and how to make it so veterans can be, can get it for free, uh, which was another thing. Like how do we, um, speed that speed up that process of helping veterans just being able to get in, get verified, oh, you're verified, here's your account stuff, you know, have fun, here's the track, here's when live sessions are, here's when AMAs are, here's podcast stuff, here's free resources that you can either use within the site or you can download and use them locally. All that stuff is what we were thinking about. You know, when I think about the the tools and the partnerships that we have currently with Code. What I was thinking about is like, how do I do that, but scale that whole thing? And how do I make our partners know they're getting in, that they're getting in the right hands and all of this stuff? Like, that's what, um, you know, that's what made us do it. We were like, we need to do it in a way that we can help anybody that wants to have this skill. Anybody that wants something real to skill, uh, real methodology. Because, you know, there are some, there are ch- some channels that are like just start building on this. Right. Or, you know, they're using the book that isn't really made for people who have no freaking clue of what they're doing. Right. Like, you no, know, Eloquent JavaScript is an amazing book. If you have at least some type of, a little bit experience with code or you've at least done some type of pre-work or something.
0: Right. But and, it, and it's always the book that's given to starters and yeah, it, frustrating They get them. discouraged yeah. because
1: yep. they can't figure out past chapter three. Yep. And that's one of the things that I, that I try to fix, try to solve. Like, you know, find the best resources for newbies. Like We try to think of it like, our even our curriculum, we think of it from veterans in the worst case scenario. Like if they are, you know, we honestly, when we thought about our curriculum, we were like, we wanna make it so that, like this may sound like weird or crazy or harsh, but we wanna make it so that if there was a person, or a, a, a single female who or was non-binary in our community, we could actually help that person and learn and get a job. That's so that's what we be based upon our curriculum. Like the person that would have the hardest point of entry into getting a job as software. And the harsh reality is if unless you're in Silicon Valley or New York or uh Washington, if you're a minority, if you're a woman, or if you're uh LGBTQ, it's significantly harder to break into those type of jobs that require this or, you know, require these type of skills. Absolutely. So, you know, in our you know, our internal motto is skills pay the bills. <laughs> so to do that, we have to make sure that we're skilling you up to the level that, you know, these guys can't deny you. And that's why we chose Rails, because with Rails, we could do everything. And you know, we could teach you how the web works. We could teach you asset pipeline, which will help you learn JavaScript. Right. We could teach you uh, Node by using React or Angular and, and Ember. Uh, on top of Rails, and it just it clicks. It makes it so much easier for us to be able to go through that process of going from back from server side to front end, and you're learning the hottest front end stacks while learning a popular framework. Mm-hmm. It just it just made sense to do it that way because you know it gave our troops a tactical advantage. You know you get a lot of experience really fast when you're building with Rails, and Ruby is very forgiving. And by the time they have enough experience of Ruby. Um, when we move into JavaScript, they're not as afraid of JavaScript as right. they were with Ruby, yeah. um, as they were because of Ruby. So that's what we, you know, that's why we do. We always do Ruby and Ruby on Rails first, then we move on into, like, asset pipeline and things like that. We, we, you know, Ruby, Ruby on Rails and JavaScript, and from JavaScript, then we go in front-end frameworks. It's all about, A, in the military, we say smarter, not harder, and B, our internal motto is uh, skills pay to bills.
0: So, I, I, I love that. And now a quick word from this week's sponsor. We're happy to welcome a new sponsor, Whiplash Merch. If you're running an e-commerce business, Whiplash is your virtual warehouse. You send your products to a Whiplash facility so that when orders come in, Whiplash packs and ships them just like you would, but faster and cheaper. Leave the logistical hassle of order fulfillment to Whiplash Merch and save money on shipping costs while doing so. Holiday sales shouldn't be stressful. Next time, get Whiplash. Whiplash has facilities in the Detroit, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and London areas. Listeners can get a $100 credit when signing up using our link, getwhiplash.com slash smart. That's getwhiplash.com slash smart. And now back to the episode, I absolutely love that. And it's, it's really cool to see. So you've, you know, you've got this, you've got that two code, which is an online program and you're helping a number of people and you're looking to, to scale that so you can help more people. And Uh,
1: so I can help everybody, anybody who's a veteran.
0: Right. uh, That's right. Like you don't want to limit, right? So this, you're almost scaling to infinity and one of the things that if Chris were on the, the interview right now, he started a, uh, well, helped start a food nonprofit in Washington, D.C. And I remember seeing how hard it was to start a nonprofit. So yes. you've got this nonprofit, which is going to be free for vets. So the biggest question I have it is... It's
1: always been free. Is just that we couldn't sustain, like, this comes to time. Right. Time was was yeah. the enemy so
0: no a- absolutely so th- the question that I have for for you like with a non is how are you getting money to help do this right like people can uh, donate we, are you going after grants and those kinds of things too and partners starting
1: like, next year we're, we're going to go after grants cool, but this cool. year it's been just supporters donations it's really been like that skills pay the bills is a really big part of us because right. what happens is people see that that we're really good at what we do, and we're the best of the best. And, you know, there are other nonprofits that are getting into this, but when people see not only, you know, a lot of our relationships have been built off of me actually going in, getting the interview, smashing an interview, and then turning around and turning down the interview and pitching Betsu Co. I actually did that <laughs> with VaynerMedia. Media. A lot of people who, are, who have seen us on the Gary Vaynerchuk show they know or they are aware that, you know, the back, back story behind that is I actually applied for a Python developer position there. Mm-hmm. end up going through the interview process end up being told, you know, I'd be a great fit. Turn around and told the director of development that, yeah, I'm not really interested in this, but with Betsy Code, I can give you a bunch of guys who can do just this. And then I went on to reiterate that, you know, my Python experience is like 30 days I don't know really anything. I don't really play around with Python, so I came in here. I trained in Python for about 30, 40 days, and I was able to do, be able to do enough Python right. to be able to get this type of position. And you know so that's where a lot of our relationships. and we've actually just gotten to the point where we've been able to just talk about it because we have so much traction and so much so many people who have heard about us or seen the work we do. That I don't have to go and do interviews with companies anymore just to, you know, I can code email people now for conversations. And, like, I never thought I'd be at that level. And so I think that's one thing that, you know, separates us from a lot of people. A lot of nonprofits, they start off with the relationship game first because, you know, and, you know, they're always, like, old people who or people who may not be as skilled at the top level to do that, to do what we do. But we started off on a skills level first, and then we moved into relationships. Like uh, this weekend, I just won a hackathon. With I, I, I was a mentor yeah. for some kids at a social justice uh, conference, and they had a hackathon into it. These guys this this uh, conference asked me to come down and uh, be a mentor, and I was the person in charge of building the product. Well, my co-mentor, she was in charge of getting the kids on how to think of startup mythologies of the build there product um at the end i built what they wanted they were just so the kids were impressed which was really great for me like you know being having kids like i remember being a kid and kids didn't care about code Mm -hmm. especially they came from underprivileged neighborhoods so having kids care about it now is like really really
0: dope and they're going to remember it too because i i think i saw the picture didn't they win a bunch of like xboxes and other microsoft stuff
1: yeah they won that's fantastic twitter swag like, and uh they all want Xbox One. So yeah, they definitely gonna remember me. <laughs> <Exactly. you know? laughs> they remember, like they, they yeah, they always gonna remember me. Like, oh yeah, that's that's a dude. We want it yeah, thank you, Jay. And you know, and that's what I bring to them. Like I'm I i have thrown the gauntlet out there plenty of times, of course no one's ever picked it up. Like if you guys think that you know, for other uh veteran VSOs that are in the not in this tech space, if you guys think you can outdo me in this, then you know there's a The Spartans, you know, I'm like, come, you know, come and get it. Like, that's where I'm at. There's a lot of people in this space that, frankly, there are not a lot of people, but there are, frankly, there are people who are coming in the space that shouldn't be in it uh, because they're not here for the right reasons. And frankly, they just don't have the skills for it. And that hurts the whole space because you're making a lot of noise and the people who are doing the real work aren't getting a, aren't being able to effectively help the people that matter. So that's right. one of the reasons why we take the stance that we take and we try to, we're out there, we're, we're teaching, we're using our skills first because it's a lot easier to start a relationship with people who you already know are competent versus that, oh, I don't know, like I have to get to know you. Well, you know, you can try to, you know, you already know me now because I just got a job offer from you and told you no. So that's why we take that approach.
0: Yeah, and that's I'm I'm glad you you touched on that again because I I really wanted to reiterate for our listeners, I find it so fascinating that the approach that you took, instead of just telling people about what you did, you proved it to them, right? So you go out for that interview, you say, Hey, I've taught myself how to do this. I'm also helping teach other people how to do this. They're gonna be great resources for you or employees for you at some point. Let's partner. I don't know. It's just, it's, it's so awesome as this like grassroots thing. And now you're not at that position anymore where like now people know who you are. They know who vets, who code is, and you can reach out to them and start the relationship that way. But I, I truly find it fascinating the approach that so, you took. I think That's we, so we cool. never
1: get rid of that grassroots mentality. Like, right, right. Uh in the the core of VWC team has like we, we we call it you have to have a fighter's edge. Yep. You cannot think of it, you know, we think of it we think of this as a combat operation. That's how we operate it. Like you may not have the best tools, but we still have a problem to solve. We still have a mission to complete. Yep. So that's what that's how we think of it. We think of it as a combat, uh, as a combat operation. You know we have to keep that mental edge, we have to keep that sharpness right so we, we view a lot of our stuff off of grassroots. we're always looking how to improve. We're always looking how to be better. We're always looking on like how to solve problems on uh for veterans or how to continue to leverage the internet or how to you know navigate certain things like that is first, second, third, fourth, fifth thought like you know we have to do this for the veterans you know i know that i'm not the only person out here that was in the position i was in like we have people who are like weapons loaders that come through and they don't um you know weapons loaders have you know any uh hard transferable skills but right. they have leadership to have problem solving i'm gonna like, do I, I look at when you know people tell me they're not qualified for stuff i'm like have you ever loaded a missile? On <laughs> F-23 before? Like that's not uh, easy thing. It's no to joke. Do. I mean, I think you should really give this person a hard look and see what this person brings to the table because you know, like I said, F twenty two is not. <laughs> it's right. Not you know, that's a freaking plane. I'm like yeah. this person puts missiles on a plane. Let and make sure that nothing bad happens until the pilot wants something bad to happen. So. What I mean, what more do you guys like? What do y'all want? (laughs) These people are skilled. Just you're looking at the hard skills and not all the other stuff. You know, they're easy to train. I mean, they're 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 learnable. They are they're dedicated and motivated. What more do you want for your company than an easy to train, dedicated, motivated individual? I'm like that. I'm like, that's insane. And uh, if we can, you know, you can teach skills, but you can't teach hard you can't teach motivation you can't keep teach hard work you can't teach uh can't do um a can-do attitude and spirit you can you know only teach the skills which is so funny to me that we've gotten into this as a community as a country yeah. got into this only the skills matter because used to be you, you know you want you know the quality of the person because people matter more than the skills because you know there are some we all know at least a couple of Rock stars and in whatever industry and field that you absolutely regret dealing with every day. Yep. So <laughs> I'm like, yep. I'm included with that. I'm like, other <laughs> people. I'm like, oh, they're really good at what they do, but I wish I never met that person.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think that we're hopefully moving back to the people focus, especially as we get as we get closer to automation and all of these different things. Like, the people is going to be what truly matters. And I, I have a slight bias because one of my one of my WDI instructors at the DC campus was an, well, is an army uh, veteran and he did, I can't, it was somewhere between seven and nine years of, of service, but the dedication and leadership and just thoroughness and all of the things that you are talking about is so apparent that this is, it's the perfect blend of skills in my mind. So if you have a veteran coming out of any line of service, that is interested in coding, it makes sense. Again, like I just want to thank you for, for Vet2Code. Uh, trust
1: me, it's a selfish endeavor. So, well, like, sure, I'm, but I, everything I'm trying is, right? to create what I wish was out there for me right. when I wanted to start. So, it, I, when people tell me thank you, it's really weird. So, I'm like, first, it's my civic duty. Second, like, you know, we have to take care of our, you know, you got to take care of your own. It's supposed to take care of veterans. Yep. And I just thought of a better way, or in my opinion, a better way to take care of veterans, and like I said, selfish. I I am trying to build what I wish was out there for me yeah. when I got out, and I was like, this is what I want to do, and I was just like stumbling through books. I was lucky; I found Zed Shaw's uh, Learn Ruby the Hard Way, mm-hmm. you know, a full funny story, full going full like on eighty. I've gone from learning how like learning Ruby from Learn Ruby the Hard Way to to meeting Zed Shaw, having Zed Shaw doing a (laughs) AMA for our troops, to now he's on my board. Like, it's the craziest thing. Like, holy freaking crap. I can't believe that I have, like, I look up to Zed so much and he's on my board. Like, holy crap. Like, I tell people, and now we have Paul Ford as an advisor on our board. And it's just, like I tell people, I don't know what I'm doing right, but somebody likes me because I'm like, I'm supposed to like I'm not supposed to be uh this lucky <laughs> to have people who I respect. If you don't know Paul Ford, uh, he wrote uh the article What is code from yep. Bloomberg. And it you know, it's uh to be able to have him come in as an advisor is just like, Oh my goodness, I don't know what I am uh I don't know what I'm doing.
0: But you don't have to though, right? It's, uh, you, you want to put something, something good into the world, regardless if it's for a selfish purpose. I think most things are, and I'm glad that people have that because otherwise new stuff, better stuff would not keep coming out. So we do have veterans who listen to the show and we have people that love donating to, to good causes. So let's direct them to, to your website. Can you let our listening audience know where they should go? Where they should follow on Twitter, any social media stuff? Like, just yeah, go ahead, plug Facebook.
1: Away. Vets, we're we're vetsu code on Facebook. We are vetsu code on Instagram and Twitter. We have vetsu code Medium, and we're in LinkedIn. Uh, also, our website is vetsu Code.io, So, like, if you want more veterans to get better skills and be able to skill up faster, I mean, help us be able to help other pe- help as many veterans as we can.
0: That's awesome and we'll we'll post on uh, smartpeoplepodcast.com. we'll link to everything there we'll we'll direct people to Vetu code so they can check out all the information around you too and I'll make sure that we're plugging that link on Twitter too I think this is a, a great organization it's a fantastic thing for somebody to be doing uh, so again Jerome thank you for uh, for doing this thank you for your service and thank you for being on smart people podcast
1: thank, um, thank you for having me it was really uh, it was really fun. Thank you for supporting vets everywhere.
0: Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Jerome Hardaway. Jerome is the founder and creator of Vets Who Code. You can find more information about Vets Who Code at vetswhocode.io. And if you want to make a donation to Vets Who Code, you can do so by heading over to vetswhocode.io or you can go to vetswhocode.kindful.com. I really appreciate everybody that listens to this show. Thank you so, so much for supporting Smart People Podcast. The easiest way to support Smart People Podcast is to use our Amazon link, which is located at smartpeoplepodcast.com Amazon. And any purchase that you make through Amazon will give us a nice little kickback at no cost to you. If you're looking for other free and easy ways to support the show, you can head over to iTunes and leave a rating and review over there. If you'd ever like to get in touch with the show, you can shoot us an email at smartpeoplepodcast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. That's all I've got for this week. Thanks for sticking around on this episode. Thank you for letting me bring an interview that I find pretty near and dear to my heart to Smart People Podcast. As much as I love doing the production and tech and website stuff, I still do have a small, soft spot in my heart for for the interviews. So again, thank you for that. I hope you enjoyed. Please stay tuned for all the amazing interviews that we have coming up. Head over to smartpeoplepodcast.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Do all of the things that I always talk about. Thank you and enjoy the upcoming holidays with your friends, your family, your loved ones, whoever those may be. Just stay safe and do good in this world. Now that the show's over, please don't forget to check out our newest sponsor, Whiplash Merch. If you're running an e-commerce business, Whiplash is your virtual warehouse. You send your products to a Whiplash facility so that when orders come in, Whiplash packs and ships them just like you would, but faster and cheaper. Leave the logistical hassle of order fulfillment to Whiplash Merch and save money on shipping costs while doing so. Remember, holiday sales shouldn't be stressful. Next time, get Whiplash. Whiplash Merch has facilities in Detroit, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and London. And as a listener of Smart People Podcast, you can get $100 credit when you sign up at our link, getwhiplash.com slash smart. That's getwhiplash dot com slash smart.